It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Football Social Daily, Premier League update. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, the only daily football podcast with its eyes firmly fixed on the Premier League. I'm Jim Salverson, that's Marley Anderson. Hello. That's Niall McCorn. Hello. And on the agenda for today's show, we've got some bad news for Manchester United fans. Or should that be the latest bit of bad news for Manchester United fans? We're going to be talking about that in a minute. And we're going to be looking at Jurgen Klopp, his first four years at Liverpool tomorrow. Does he get the credit he deserves for what he has done at Liverpool Football Club? We'll get on to those topics shortly. But first, do you want to hear another review? Go on then. Podcast review. This is from Always love these. Villa on Tour YT, who's a good man. He starts his review with really good podcast, lads. That's a great start for is a, there a book review. Book? Leave it yeah. there. <laughs> Next. But... Now, he's given us four stars, not five. You may well ask, what's his beef? Why is he not given us five stars? <laughs> Here we go. Please, please don't call Tammy Abraham Tammy Abrahams. Oh, there is yeah. no S on the end. That annoys me, that. But Cheers, four stars. I'm, I'm with you 40 hours a week in the uh, office, so I, I get used to it. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's pretty much <laughs> completely on me. It's 100% on you, it's that one as well. 100% on me. I can't complain about Stop it Stop it, all. okay, Jim? That's I, I enough. Think, I think it's like, it's one of those words I just can't say, like, specifically. I can't say oh, that you either. You managed to get that out, okay? Just specifically, then. is that right? Yeah. Am I saying that right? Do you, so do I, we'll, you also you, get the generally and genuinely mixed up? No, I don't think so. Can you say Julian Speroni otherwise you are the sports social version of Paul Merson Julian Speroni <laughs> thank you for your review Villa on tour I will try and say Tammy Abraham properly in the future but I can't imagine what he's like when he goes into a restaurant when he decides whether he's giving a tip or not this tablecloth is not ironed properly 50p oh, off oh no <laughs> brutal man leave him alone he's, he's, entitled to, he's entitled to his own opinion yeah, fair enough right let's crack on with the footballing stuff we're going to kick off with some terrible news for Manchester United the news that fans did not want to hear. David De Gea is injured and likely to miss the Liverpool game at the weekend. He came off looking like he did his hamstring fairly innocuous in Spain's game against Sweden. And with a hammy injury, you're usually out for a couple of weeks. It'd be unlikely he's going to play against Liverpool. How much of a blow is that for Manchester United? Massive. Huge. Humongous. Yeah, monstrous. <laughs> yeah, giant. I mean, 
I guess, look, I'm trying to look for glimmers of light as far as Manchester United fans are concerned here. And the two glimmer of lights might be, one, De Gea in the last couple of seasons maybe hasn't recaptured the form that he did three, four seasons beforehand. He hasn't Mm -hmm. looked like quite the same goalkeeper. Two, you'd have to say that Manchester United have the best number two of any Premier League club. Really? It's such a myth. Romero, is he really that good? Romero can't catch. He's, he can, he's, just, he's like one of them, it's like the classic cliche. We've got the cliche, Bell. He's a great <laughs> shot stopper, but he can't do anything else. It's like, well, you're, you're a goalie. I'm so glad you've said that because that is... He's honestly not as good as Man United it, fans think. It's one of my pet hates in football when they go, yeah, well, he's a really good shot stopper, but he can't catch crosses mm. or he can't distribute very well. What's the 101? Goalkeeping 101. Stop the ball going in the goal. So mm. being a good shot stopper is the bare minimum you need to be to be a Premier League goalkeeper. Romero has looked uh, Romero's reasonable. Romero's all right. He's, he's looked not, reasonable he's, in the two games he's played this season, but those two games were against Astanza and against Rochdale. Yeah. Astana, yeah. And is he not is he not Argentina number one, which everyone goes on about? So what? No, he's, he's not. He's not even good enough to play for his country when he's not playing for his club. Do you know what I mean? Like if he was a genuinely good goalie and just second to De Gea, He'd be number one for for uh, Argentina, but they they haven't got a number one. They rotate all the time because all their goalies are shite. It's not like he's he's performing well enough regularly for his country. He's and, he's and yeah. That. He's good. He's not as good as De Gea. De Gea's just signed a new contract, so compared to before, where maybe there were rumours about him, oh, you think it was having a distraction, his, uh, dis- distracted from it. So yeah, so he signed his new deal now, getting his head down. He, he knows how. Difficult the situation is at Manchester United, David De Gea, and he'll be gutted to miss this game. Against he Liverpool. was one of the few players that in the game, in the Newcastle game, I think mm. it was, he came out after that and said, this is not acceptable, this season is not acceptable. And that's the kind of player that you need playing for you as mm. a club at the moment, even if it's not in as important position as in net. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think as well, I've seen a few people on online going on about um, Solskjaer's doubled the training sessions and people are getting, people are going to get injured as a result of that, but... I mean, he was on international duty and he kicked the ball mm-hmm. funny. It's not, you can't say it's definitely down to those, that double session he had a week ago at Carrington. It's, it's a bit daft. But well, it happened to Alisson, didn't it, at Liverpool? Yeah, yeah exactly. Where he got injured these, doing the same these, thing. These things happen, yeah. So and you, you have to have the, uh, Fabianski, yeah. the deal, you know, the, the, the backup to have that. But I reckon what they should do is uh, recall Dean Henderson from Sheffield United and then. Arsenal will beat Sheffield United on Monday night, definitely, because they won't have the proper goalie. And then Sheffield United and Man United, who are 12th and 13th in the Premier League at the minute, <laughs> um, Man United will have that upper hand in that battle for the uh, top of the bottom half. Sheffield United will have another club to hate going forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there has been a bit of an injury problem at United in general this season. They have been desperate, and they've mm-hmm. been terrible. They have been desperate as well. Pogba, Martial, Rashford, Luke Shaw, Juan Bissaka... I missed anyone off that list? Uh, well, Martial has just come back to training this week. Uh, it's likely that he might get a place on the bench for the Liverpool game, which is a, a huge boost for Solskjaer, who's obviously been operating with just Greenwood and Rashford. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rashford hasn't been 100% fit, as far as I'm aware. So it really has just been Greenwood after Lukaku was sold to Inter Milan. So it's been real, real struggle for Manchester United at the top end of the pitch. So Martial back could be a big boost for them. It seems very strange the amount of time that Martial has spent out of football this season yeah, for an injury that didn't seem that severe. He played the first two games and he hasn't played since. Mm. So that's the situation. As for Pogba, I think he's been playing for a while injured. And I think now 
it's finally caught up with him and that's probably why he's doing a bit more recovery. Uh, he's obviously not played international football this season mm. uh, because of the injury that he's had. I think that Paul Pogba played in, in a fair few of those games. I think the Southampton game, he definitely played. He looked he looked a little bit injured there. So, you know, when things are bad, they're really bad. It just seems that everything seems to happen at once, you know. So they're, they're not particularly playing that well as a team. And they've also got a host of injuries. At the start of the season, a supercomputer was fed like data from the last 10 seasons of Premier League he football. He loves a supercomputer. He does he? love a supercomputer. A supercomputer is just champ manager. Yeah, oh, just oh, yeah 100%. Playing champ manager. But um, the supercomputer figured out that Liverpool were going to win this game on Sunday mm. 7-1 wow 1 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to get the 1 own, own goal Joel Matic well do you know what you say that Marley there was an article that I read and it was just after the Newcastle game as mm. well it was published about how long it's been since Manchester United scored a set piece 200 and something days isn't yeah. it well yeah at the time of writing it was 200 days since United had scored a set piece it was Lukaku last season that was the last person to score one. Obviously, it's an exaggerated number slightly because they're counting in the summer pre-season, break yeah, and you're yeah, not going to yeah. score any set-piece goals <clears> during the pre-season and, the, the, uh, and during the summer break. But that suggests to me, the fact it has been so long since United last scored a goal from a set-piece situation, longer than any other Premier League club, the average is kind of around the 40 mark, that maybe the work's not being done on the training ground to the extent that you might expect if they're failing to score from those situations. Does that include free kicks or am I just being stupid here? Yeah, I think so. That was my understanding. A, a set piece, when they say a set piece, because yeah. I wondered the same thing and I was set trying to piece. find out and I couldn't find I out. I was thinking corners, I mean, I guess a penalty counts Corners, as a set penalty, piece. free kick, yeah. You'd expect more goal return from free kicks. Yeah, you think so. And that's so. got to be a training issue. That's got to be something that Solskjaer's setting up on the training ground. When you look at something like England in the World Cup, who were so well drilled on set pieces, that's where the goals were coming from. Well, a, a quarter of all goals conceded at all levels of football are conceded from set pieces. 25% of the game Good stat. is on set pieces. Now, it doesn't matter whether that's Premier League, non-league, 25% of all goals conceded are from set pieces so mm. they are a huge part of the game and you look at clubs like um, Newcastle last season under Benitez were particularly good at, at set pieces Burnley have always been pretty good at, at set pieces as well I know Sean Dyche works hard on those corners the amount of times that teams get a corner and the crowd goes up and goes oh yes we got a corner and they come to nothing mm. you'd be surprised it's like three percent of goals Three percent of corners result in goals, yeah. or something like that. Is but, that something insane? But again, a lot of a lot of goals through the the leagues are conceded by set pieces. Mm. So if you can make yourself strong on set pieces, then you're really giving yourself an advantage there. As for free kicks, but you, it's you, such a difficult skill, you know, to well, score not, a free. We're kick. not just talking about direct free kicks. We're talking about free kick routines as well, which is where you'd imagine where where I go. That's where the coaches are at fault. That's where the management of the team is at fault. It's interesting that ahead of the Liverpool game and with these stories about United failing to score free kicks, and there was another story actually I read, read in The Athletic which was saying they're failing to score from open play as well. In other yeah. words, they're failing to score in every scenario. I was just about to say, we're all talking about set pieces. They couldn't break us, that, my Newcastle team down last week because you know we just sat there and said, mm. right, break us down and, and that was it. They couldn't do it for 90 minutes. Ironically, what we what we're talking about, their best opportunity was from a corner. Harry Maguire headed one wide from from five yards, missed an absolute sitter. Um, and luckily for us, 
uh, he missed it because we wouldn't have anything to talk about on today's podcast because it'd be like, <laughs> oh, Man United last scored from a goal <laughs> from a corner uh, eight days ago. So, yeah. yeah. With all this talk, it's interesting, and like I say, with the Liverpool game this weekend, that the Express are running a story today about the future of Solskjaer again. Well, it's it's more focused on the future of Spurs, in fact, because they're saying that really? Daniel Levy is opening negotiations with Jose Mourinho about taking control of Spurs at the end of the season with a view to Pochettino leaving and going to Manchester United. Do we think that at this moment in time, Solskjaer, I mean, whether it's Pochettino coming in or whether it's not Pochettino coming in, Solskjaer is a dead man walking. It is so tough from where he is now to keep his job. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Why? Because I think that club is in such a mess. I can't see it getting to a point by the end of the season. Why change the manager? He's just signed Maguire and Wan-Bissaka. Because it's the only thing you can change in that scenario. And that's what the board and the chief executive have done in every scenario in the last five years. When the pressure has come from the fans, they've changed the manager. And that's exactly what they'll do again. What's that going to achieve? I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the right choice within that football club in the first place. He wasn't well, that's he doesn't have experience. Now. Well, it's not irrelevant because he hasn't got any well he has got Well, it is because he's the manager now, so it doesn't matter whether he was the right decision at the time. The fact is he is the manager now. And so Manchester United fans, I think in in the main are still behind Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. When I had a baby, right? I spent almost a grand on a pushchair. And this pushchair was shit. It cost me a grand. It wasn't right. It was too heavy. It didn't fit in the car. All that kind of crap. Wasting my money. I didn't stick with that pushchair that was causing the issues. I went, right, I'm selling that on eBay and getting a new pushchair. So Manchester United aren't going to stick with Solskjaer. No, but you can't, sell, the wrong man. You can't sell managers to other clubs, Jim. You, <laughs> no, sack, you sack them and pay I'm off not, the money. So I'm it actually just you, sell Solskjaer it, on eBay. The, the pram that, I'm looking the pram, forward to yeah, bidding yeah. on that. The pram that you spent £1,000 on probably cost you 1500 quid if it was a football pram. Does that make sense? <laughs> because you have to pay the outlays of the rest of the contract. But you That's don't how it stick works. with a manager if I he's not up to the job. I think it's so difficult. I agree Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could probably be doing better. And that would be stupid of me to sit here and say, he's fine. He's not doing anything wrong. I don't think now is the right time. If they get thumped by Liverpool, mm. then there's a very, very strong case for a change of management at Manchester United. If they don't, They've got a favourable run of fixtures coming up and we saw what happened at the back end of last season when Manchester United had a favourable run of fixtures. Albeit the last away victory, I think, for United was at PSG. But I think that with this favourable run of fixtures coming up, Manchester United do have a chance to get some momentum. They've got players coming back from injury. Martial, Pogba, as we said before. I think it does hinge quite heavily on this Liverpool game. If they get a tonking, that could spell serious trouble. I think if they lose... 1 or 2 nil or 2-1 or something like that, you might be all right. Might get away with it. So you th- will Solskjaer be the boss at Manchester United at the beginning of next season? I don't know, is the honest answer. I don't know. It, it has actually been reported today in, in Tuto Sport, which is an Italian newspaper, that Manchester United are very close to Massimiliano Allegri, Max Allegri, the former Juventus manager, and that concrete negotiations are taking place, which is interesting. I take Italian media with more than a pinch of salt, mm-hmm. but very interesting that they're reporting that Allegri is in talks with Manchester United at this moment in time. Whether that's true or not would be wrong for me to speculate, but certainly that's what the Italian press are reporting. Go on, Marley, have your two cents worth on this. Judging by, so the whole sort of problem at Man United is they need an entire rebuild. So they signed three guys in the summer, Juan Bissaka, uh, Maguire and Daniel James, and you'd be hard-pushed to find a player that's played better than any of those three yeah. so far this season, so 
as much as he's not doing great on the pitch, you've trusted him with the first stage of this rebuilding process that everybody, fans, board, manager, everyone connected with the club in, at any level has all unanimously agreed that it's going to take three or four windows or three or four years even. Mm. So you're just kind of going for, you know, it's one step forward and two steps back if you if you say, right, you, you can have one summer, but then you're doing a bit shit, so we're going to get rid of you. And then we're going to get someone else in. So let's say they bring in Allegri and he signs Mandzukic, Matuidi and players like this, you know, who are going to improve the team now, but not in a few years. Then in a few years when those players get older, you're back at square one. Yeah. You're back, you've got to do it again. You've got to rebuild again. Do you not want a manager who has experience of doing a, of rebuilding a team, though? Someone like Pochettino, who's yeah. done it at Spurs. Well, yeah, but then you've appointed Solskjaer now, so you've, you've fucked it. You've, <laughs> missed, you've missed the bus. You've missed the bus completely. I He's just... going to get young young English-based players um, and, you know, go back to then, mm. you know, the Fergie days of playing of two you know, fast-wingers, counter-attacking, direct sort of stuff. Um, so you've started the process. So are you going to finish it, or are you going to take that hit and and start again? Speaking of rebuilding, there has been a rebuilding job taking place up the road in Liverpool over the last four years since Jurgen Klopp first took charge of his very first Liverpool game four years ago tomorrow. We're going to talk about the work he's done up on Merseyside next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Tomorrow marks four years since Jurgen Klopp first took charge of Liverpool for the very first time. It was a nil-nil draw versus Spurs, but instantly people who commented on the game said there was a change in the way Liverpool were playing just five days after Klopp took charge. I think there was a stat where the Liverpool players ran five kilometres further on average each than they had in any game previous that season under Brendan Rodgers. So we're going to have a look at the impact that Klopp has made at Liverpool since he took charge. And to help us do that, we've got Andy Heaton from the Anfield Wrap on the line. Hello, Andy. Hello, mate. How's it going? Really good, thank you. I uh, hope you're all right. How are you celebrating Jurgen Klopp's four-year anniversary? You've got cakes, streamers, balloons, that kind of thing going on? No, no, we're too ensconced in the uh, the title race, even though it's still only October to uh, <laughs> to be worrying about anniversaries. Um, the only the only anniversary I'm particularly worried about is the one since we've last won the title. So um, yeah, maybe when it comes around to his fifth anniversary as Liverpool manager, we we might have a party as uh, as Football League champions of England. How do you? <laughs> it's good thinking that. How do you rate the impact that Klopp has had since he came and took the Liverpool job? Um, immeasurable, really. Uh, it's really funny because we we released some uh, content this week on our own channels, uh, which was basically the reaction when he was appointed. And it's really funny because all the things that we listed that were wrong that need fixing, it was almost as if we'd done it with with the benefit of hindsight. We talk about squad unity, transferred uh, the tra- the transfer committee as it was. Then needs fixing communication, togetherness, all the little fractures in the club. And I mean, look, uh, I, I know we joked before about the league title, but you're talking about a fellow who's led the football team to, 90, to a 97-point Premier League season and, and has finished and has um, basically been two consecutive European Cup finals, winning one of them. Um, added to that as well, it was pointed out to me the other day, he's never, as Liverpool boss, lost the European two-legged tie, which is a, an, an unreal record. Do you think he gets the credit he deserves as a manager? 
from within Liverpool, yeah, absolutely. From outside, uh, I was thinking more of because, I mean, you look at the impact he has had at the club and first season he got to two finals, won the Champions League, Premier League contenders, certainly for the last two seasons. He has had this, I mean, it's a massive change from when Brendan Rodgers was in charge and yet at the same time he's kind of feels like he's always been in the shadow of Pep Guardiola since coming to England. And the longer that goes on, the better. Let people focus on Pep. I mean, I think it's very easy to pigeonhole Jürgen in so much as that he's very effusive. He's he's this massive character, and it's and it's easy just to just write him off as people have done in the past. As oh, he's just a motivator, motivator in a tracksuit. When you know the reality is, you look at the evolution of the of this Liverpool side and the football it's played, and the different types of football it's played. He's a he's a lot more skilled as a coach than what he, he gets he gets credit for. But at the same time. That that fits Liverpool so well because we want our guys to go under the radar, you know. We want the the, the greatness to be reflected on the club as a whole and not just any one person. And also, it takes the pressure off. If everyone thinks, um, you know, Pep Guardiola, Guardiola is a genius, which he is, then what does it say about Jurgen Klopp if you know he does manage to best them in the league as he has done in the Champions League in the past? Hi, Andy. It's Niall here, mate. I hope you're good. Um, Hello, mate. How's it going? Yeah, all good. I was just wondering, from your point of view, Klopp's only been there for four years, and you say only, but in modern football, that feels like an eternity, mm. you know, the way the game's gone. How close is he to legend status at Anfield amongst the supporters? Because, obviously, he's delivered the Champions League for a sixth time, but you look back to previous legendary managers at Liverpool, you know, Bill Shankly was there for 15 years, albeit a totally different era to what we're seeing now. So, obviously, if Klopp delivers that, that you know elusive Premier League title, then he will be considered a legend. But let's just say maybe it doesn't get that far. Do you think he'd still be revered as legendary at, at Anfield when when his time's done? Listen, the lads, the the, the, the fellas won a European Cup for Liverpool Football Club. He could walk out of Liverpool tomorrow, and and he'd 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 be on that he'd be in that pantheon of managers, um, Liverpool managers who are regarded as as legends. Um, I it's I mean it. it it's a funny one with Liverpool managers. It's always the, the reference point is always Shankly, when you know it's easy to miss out what Bob Paisley achieved and yeah, sure. and, and Joe Fagan in the short time that he was manager. But no, he's certainly up there. Same as Rafa Benitez, he's still a legend in my eyes. Um, I mean, given what he delivered for the club, and I know I know it's it's kind of it's maybe Benitez like Jurgen so far has failed to win the league. But I think if you if you win the biggest for if you lift the biggest trophy in European football, then your name deserves to be on that wall and on those flags. Also as well, I think this week's nine years since uh, Fenway Sports Group took charge of Liverpool. So how impressed have you been with, with what they've done, particularly over the last few years, the regeneration of the ground, building links back again with the local communities, those people that live around the stadium and in the city in general, and just bringing Jürgen in and having this vision and building the club up to what it, it should have been a few years ago? I mean, it's a funny one. I think they learned on the job. Um, I, th- I think they made quite a few mistakes when they came in. Mm. Uh, I think they got a couple of things right. I think they thought they were cleverer than what they were and they could reinvent the wheel, so to speak. Uh, I think they found to their cost, both financially and reputationally, that wasn't the case, um, which is why they appointed Jürgen Klopp. I think they tried to... I know, I know we came close under Brendan Rodgers, but... You know, the, the football's full of people who think they're cleverer than what they are. Mm. Uh, when the reality is, bringing the it, it it's it's a massive advantage to have the best people. So not only have we got the best people, uh, the best manager in Europe, or one of the best managers in Europe, we've got the best goalkeeper in Europe, we've got the best centre half in Europe, um, <laughs> and it makes things a lot easier. I think the steps that they've taken over the last couple of years have been wise ones. I think they could still do better. You mentioned the community stuff. I still think they could be a lot stronger with that. All those steps are being made. Sure. Um, 
I also think they didn't appreciate the size of the club because let's not forget, when they bought the club, they bought it as a distressed asset for, I don't know, £217 million. And I don't th- I think they saw potential, but I don't think they saw the potential of what, what it's become now. I mean, the, the club's now worth reportedly over £2 billion. Yeah. You know, this, the, you talk about the, the, sta- the stand expansion. That's another thing they could do better with because they need to do the Anfield Road because you simply cannot buy a ticket for Liverpool for love no money. But yeah. they're certainly going, uh, heading in the right direction. You got an eye roll from Marley in the studio when you mentioned having the best goalkeeper <laughs> and the best centre-back in, in the world, in Europe there, by the way. Um, just Sorry, there you go. A, a European winning... Champion. <laughs> goalkeeper in sense half. Sorry, maybe I'll rephrase. Um, it was mentioned a couple of weeks back now by Jurgen Klopp's agent that he might not extend his contract at Liverpool because he doesn't like the weather very much. Have you personally mm-hmm. taken any steps to improve global warming to kind of keep Jurgen Klopp in Merseyside for a little bit longer? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Mark Kozakar is is um, it, who's, who's Jurgen's agent. I, 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 that was taken from a, an interview in Germany. I think it was very much tongue in cheek, which has been misinterpreted. And we we see the Germans. I've got a sense of humour. Well. There you go. <laughs> um, no, I mean, so look, to be honest, I think with the the contract situation, I think it's a negotiation. Um, I'd be amazed if he doesn't sign a new contract. I think that things are, the relationship between the club and Jürgen are very, very good. Uh, and I think it's, it's it was funny. Jürgen gave, a, Jürgen gave an interview uh, a couple of weeks ago where he was saying when he was about to be appointed Liverpool manager, that when they flew to New York, they spoke to the owners, but then when it came to money, Jürgen went for a walk around Central Park because that's his agent's job. Do you know what I mean? His agent's mm. there. It's not to be the bad guy necessarily, but to do his job. And his yeah. job is to, is to protect the best interests of Jürgen Klopp. Now, if Liverpool are trying to get Jürgen to sign an extension, which, you know, why, why wouldn't they? You know, it, it's got to be right for the manager as well. What if, what if his agent's pat it and then it's all sweetness and light? Then it's, it's, it's an easy negotiation from the club's point of view. Where if you just plant that little seed of doubt then your manager financially and influence-wise maybe gets a little bit more leverage. And then the, and, and at the end of the day, he signs an extension. Everyone's happy and the agent's done his job. You've got Manchester United at Old Trafford in your first game back after the international break on Sunday. Is this... Really? Well, really? <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? Is this the most confident you've ever been going into a game against Manchester United at Old Trafford, or at least in recent memory anyway? No, absolute opposite, to be honest. Um fact of the matter is I've been to Old Trafford too many times and suffered too many disappointments. Um, I actually fancy us more against them when, the, when, when we are the underdog, so to speak. Um, I'm not being particularly a big fan of the chest beating from some quarters uh, from Liverpool this week saying, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're better than... Yeah, we, I mean, look, we are probably a better football side than them at the minute, but this is Manchester United at Old Trafford. Yeah, sure. And they will play it. They will play on that. They will play on being the underdog. They will play on trying to stick one on us. They... they it's been really, really difficult. We've got a poor record. We've only won once this decade at Old Trafford, which, you know, given how poor United have been over the last couple of years now, well, we've, we, and, and our upward trajectory, that, that, you'd think we would have a better record than that. So, no, absolutely not. Um, I'm dreading going. Uh, it, it's the worst place in the league to go unless you win. And then, so it's one of those grounds you only, you only enjoy it at, at the final whistle when you've won, if you know what I mean. Mm. But no, they, they, they will have a point to prove, I think. Them coming off the them coming off the defeat at Newcastle as well doesn't do us any favours, um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a huge huge game and one that we can't take lightly and one that that could be season defining for us. Andy, top man, thank you very much for coming on Football Social Daily. 
Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Andy. Go and check out the work that the Anfield Rap do. If you're a Liverpool fan, they do great stuff. Just Google the Anfield Rap because there's podcasts and YouTube channels and websites and articles and all that kind of thing. Go and check them out. Right, before we go, Jurgen Klopp, final word on him. The one thing that impresses me about his time at Liverpool is he's created a club with an identity. And we talked about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's problems at Manchester United. And we talked previously about how Manchester United don't have this identity. People don't know how United play. You can't level that at Liverpool because you know they play fast attacking football. They play the high press, which loads of people said wouldn't work in mm-hmm. the Premier League. So you you can't really look down on his achievements at the club. No, um, I mean, I was just looking at the, the starting lineup they had in, in Klopp's first game. Um, oh, Marley, you've spoiled the game. I was oh, going to play. Weird. It means going to have to play the game on his own at the end of the show. Oh, yeah, so I, I, to be it... fair, uh, there's a massive warning sign that's flashed up in the studio, so I was paying zero <laughs> attention to what was just said. So <laughs> I don't actually know what's happening okay. right now. <laughs> Does this mean I'm not allowed to read it out? No, you're not allowed to read it out. You can make, okay. make, maybe move on. We'll do the game first, then you can right. make your comment so, on it in a little so I've bit. Got, right, so basically four players in the entire squad are still at the club. Yeah. Um, and then you look at Man United... From and there was a stat going around a few weeks back of like something like nine players from 2010 yeah. were still in the United squad and it's that's that's the problem like that's what Solskjaer has to do we, we talked about it before his his rebuilding job is going to take three or four years because they've stagnated for so long whereas Klopp's came in in 2015 and they've given him four years and said look win something in the next you you've got time build your own team build your mm. own system build mm. your own style. Uh, buy who you want. But he had an we'll, instant we'll impact. It, it, he had an instant yeah, impact had, at the same could time. Have, it could but have so come a lot sooner. So did so did Solskjaer. He had he had the instant impact, and then he and then it stagnated. Mm. Yeah. Whereas Klopp is like, he had the instant impact, and then he had the the tactical nous and the man management ability to take it on and and go into transfer windows and sign players like Firmino and Mane yeah. and then Van Dijk and bring through Trent Alexander Arnold, find a bargain in in Robertson. Yeah. What a bargain that you know, was. Keep Henderson, turn Milner into someone who can play every position better than regular players can, you know, ac- across the league kind of thing. Um, and he's just, he's he's been fantastic. He's completely transformed the entire club. Right, let's wrap up with this little challenge for just Nile. then, <laughs> in that case. So Liverpool played Spurs, 17th of October 2015, Jürgen mm. Klopp's very first game in charge. I've got the starting 11 in front of me. I'm going to give you 45 seconds to name as many of the starting 11 for Liverpool versus Spurs as you can, 2015. Just Liverpool players, yeah? Just Liverpool players. I was going to say, Spurs, I've got no chance. Are are you ready? I'll give you 10 grand if you can can name all seven substitutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your time starts now. Okay, Mignolet, Milner, Skirtle, uh, Agger. Who else was in defence back then? Not sure. Uh, left back, don't know. Jose Enrique, Lazar Markovic, Balotelli. Um, who else? I'm trying to think now. Who's in Started off strong and you've, you've trying got, to do it in my head. Got 15 um, seconds left. Mm, Downing? Nope. Uh, midfield, midfield, midfield. Shelby? Nope. Nope. No idea. No idea. Gone. Head You're gone. giving up. You're giving up. Head's You're gone. gone. Well, five seconds left. I'm, I'm proud if bit. I got Markovic. Was Markovic on there? No. 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 Go uh, on, Marley. You can announce the full, full 11. Bit, bit of a clue. The striker's still there. Oh, Stur- uh, not Sturridge. Would he have been there? Suarez might have been there. No, he would have gone by then. Origi. 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 He's been there that long? Yeah. Wow. So the full lineup was Mignolet in goal. 
Uh, Nathaniel Klein. Oh, yeah. Um, Mamadou he... Sacco. Oh, Skirtle, you got. Um, Alberto Moreno was left back. Of course he was. Um, Milner, Lucas. Ah, Lucas, that's the one. Chan. Walking yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chan, Coutinho, Lalana, Origi. You're right, though. It does completely demonstrate the rebuilding job. Well, yeah. most, most, he's most done for that team. Lalana may as well not be at Liverpool. The subs were. I, the subs baffled me. Was go, on, go on, go on, go on, the subs. Adam Bogdan. Here's what you could have won 10 grand. Colo Toure. Oh, my. Connor Randall. Joe Allen. Jordan Ibe. Uh, Teixeira oh who, Teixeira yeah. is he the, is, I can't remember his first name and um, Sinclair wow I think I have to forget which Sinclair it is, is I was trying to work that Sinclair? out Frank Sinclair Trevor Sinclair <laughs> <laughs> which, who, who knows right thank you very much that is it for Football Social Daily make sure you've subscribed so you get our daily Premier League podcast whenever you want it it'll appear in your podcasting app No, Marley thank you very much cheers and we'll see you, you next time on Football Social Daily click subscribe Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.